This is Transistor.fm. <laughs> Am I allowed to do that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we should keep that. <laughs> yeah, we could probably redo that. <laughs> okay, okay, start again. Sorry. Hey everyone, welcome to Build Your SaaS. This is the behind the scenes story of building a web app in 2020. I'm John Buda, a software engineer. And I'm Justin Jackson. I do product and marketing. Follow along as we build Transistor.fm. Actually, I had an interesting phone call today. A founder who's just started a SaaS company that's taking off. So due to COVID-19, what he's selling is an it's a e-commerce plugin and it it just started taking off and he grew from the beginning of the pandemic to now i think he's grown 3 times oh wow and but he's he's at about 6k in mrr and he's like he wanted to talk to me because he said i'm so stressed out like i'm just i'm working all these hours and i'm like you know, trying to do the marketing and I'm trying to do some programming and onboarding. And I just, he's like, does this end? <laughs> and no, well, it's interesting what I, what I told him. Cause I, I went back into our bare metrics and looked at it and it's very, very interesting. So it, it made me go back to that part in time. So th- they say one of the cardinal rules of podcasting is you should never um, talk about numbers in a podcast because <laughs> it's boring. But here, mm-hmm. I, I just want people to picture this. So you and I get our first paying customer in February 2018, $33 a month. Fast forward to January 2019, and we're at $6,000 a month, which is where okay. this fellow is. Yeah. And if you go back and listen to the podcasts we were recording then, and if you go back and you read the blog posts I was writing then, we are stressed out. I have been dedicating most of my time to Transistor, answering support tickets and all these things. Yeah. And um, not, not getting paid for it. And you are at work, working all day, <laughs> dealing with all the stress of work and all the drama of work coming home and then programming at night and on the weekends and where you were both burning out in different ways. I was starting to burn out financially. You're starting to burn out in terms of your time. Yep. And for this fellow here, it's probably more on the time and uh, because he is freelancing. He has a, a nice freelancing client on the, that he's always had. And so he's doing his freelance work and then he's, you know, rushing over and trying to keep this thing running. It is interesting to put myself back in that place of just remembering where we were January, 2019, because 6K felt like it felt significant, but you're very much in the um, you're very much in the 
almost, but not yet. Right. And yeah, it's a different, a different mindset than starting out because you're at zero. Mm-hmm. Anything at that point is great. Yeah. So you're encouraged. But again, if you go back to those, what, you know, the conversations we were having at the time, I'm kind of like, ah, John, like maybe we should get some funding and maybe we should, uh, you know, create a, a course for podcasters and, and, and sell that. And I'm just, oh yeah. we well, yeah. You were brainstorming all the other ways to get, to basically get money fast. Mm-hmm. I was flailing because yeah. the, all, the already, but not yet, the almost, but not yet. And uh, you were flailing because you're like, Justin, I, I am sick of this. Like I'm, I'm yeah. sick of going to work and then coming. I don't want to look at a screen anymore. Yep. Uh, and there's this feeling of pushing yourself beyond what's healthy. And I think this is the hardest part of bootstrapping is when you hit this part because it's actually easier at the beginning. When you're at $55 a month, you only have a couple customers. But at $6,000 a month, (laughs) you have customers. You've officially, we officially had launched already. Right. Yeah. Not only are you building the thing still, you're doing customer support and... Mm. that's more time consuming than people think. Yes. I think. Yeah. Well, and then customers are giving you feedback. They want new features. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're just stretching yourself so thin, the almost, but not yet feeling like you're onto something, but you can't really, you're just under a cloud of it's, it's not very fun. It's hasn't proven itself yet. You know, you're, you're chugging along, but you just can't. And, you know, I was trying to predict how long it would take for us to get out of this. And at the time, my prediction was it would take five years. And it was depressing. Yeah. And so I wanted to talk about it quick just at the top because I know a lot of folks are in it and each stage at the beginning is so interesting. You have the pre-launch stage where really it's kind of fun. Like you're just working on it on the side. There's no customers yet. It's all about the potential and the future. And there's nothing stealing your time and attention because, you know, you can just go work on this thing whenever you have time, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And then you get a few beta customers like we did. And that's still pretty fun because now you have these people who are super passionate, who are on your side, who are paying you money for this thing that's not really ready yet. And you're getting all this feedback. And again, it's still kind of fun. But as soon as you launch, like we did in August 2018, then everything changes because from August to September, we went from... $1,700 a month to $2,300 a month, all of a sudden we have way more users. And I mean, that doesn't sound like much, but that was almost doubling the number of users we had. Yeah, right. And instantly, once you've launched, you start to feel the pressure. And around this time also, I remember you were, I was like, so how are you doing? And you're like, ah, I just kind of feel like all this infrastructure weight 
like that the the weight of holding up all this infrastructure is on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. Did you go back and listen to some of the podcasts? I don't remember. I, I honestly don't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've. I barely remember last week. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I you, you you're you're just kind of feeling like you've got to you know you've got to keep all these servers up and remember most right. of your attention during the day is still dedicated to work stuff. Yeah. Uh, except when you and I would interact, it was I don't know anything about your work stuff. You know, I'm just. I'm just in transistor world. Mm-hmm. Okay, so January, we're at 6,000. Now, watch how things change here. Now, of course, this was our trajectory. And what I told the, this fellow that, that called me is I said, you know, maybe your growth will flatten out. But if it continues, you're going to notice some things change here. Because we hit 6K in MRR June, January 2019. By June 2019, we were almost at 20K. So six months into the year, January to June, almost at 20K. And that's when we went full-time, right? I went full-time in April. And what that meant was we decided to start paying me $5,000 a month, you know, for my my time. Uh, And then we, we said we would back pay you once you came on full time. August right. is when you officially quit okay. your job. In August, we hit 25k in MRR. So January 6k, we're in the 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 trough of sorrow, the trough of <sighs> all we can see are black clouds and drudgery to August 25k and you were able to quit your full-time job and now and we're both now paying ourselves better we're you know yeah and really from August on at least financially I've felt secure and that difference is huge for people who are worried about money. And I think from August on, I mean, it's still, there's been challenges, but from August on, well, actually I should ask you, from August on, how have you felt? Do you remember, was it, did it feel like a load off your back to not work the day job and just be able to focus on Transistor? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um, But I think that wears off. Mm. Not that I want to go back to another job at all, but like the initial excitement and energy from leaving a job and working on this full time, I think it fades mm. because you're just dealing with different stuff. Yeah. Like eventually it does become a job again. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's great. We have the freedom. We can set our own schedule. We can work whenever we want. Uh, whether or not that translates to working less or not, I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what just talking on that part i mean before so like let's say june july before you quit full time how many out like you're probably working 40 hours a week at your day job yeah and how many additional hours per week do you think you were working oh uh, i don't know probably 10 to 20 okay so that's uh 50 to 60 hours a week 
But then some weeks, I don't know, some weeks probably not even. I don't know. Some weeks is probably five hours. Like it, I think it varied. Um, depending depending on yeah how much I could dedicate to focusing on the weekend without like taking some time off. Yeah, it, actually, even that we should pause there because even that is significant. Jason Calcanis had this dumb tweet where he said, um, "Founders, it takes the same amount of time to build a small, medium, or large business." This is this is my. Cal- I'm, surp- I'm surprised he had a dumb tweet. <laughs> This is my this is my Jason Calacanis impression. He's he's kind of New York. I, I can't really do the New York. Uh, he said, "You will spend a hundred hours a week building a great bed and breakfast. You'll spend a hundred hours a week building a chain of them. You will spend a hundred hours a week building Airbnb. Go big!" And there's just so much in this tweet that I just want to burn to the ground. It's just so silly in so many ways. But the the base assumption being, well, it takes a hundred hours to build a business. And like you said, you know, you were working full-time 40 hours and then it's an additional five to 20 hours a week. That's not, that's not a hundred. That's f- no. 45 to 60 hours a week uh, total. Yeah. I mean, maybe if you're 25 and you have an Adderall prescription <laughs> and like, like it's what I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't understand it. You're not, nobody's superhuman. Yeah. Yeah. Building a bread and bed and breakfast versus Airbnb are, it's way different. You're doing, I feel like if you're building a bed and breakfast, you're doing so many different things. You're not sitting in front of a computer. You're not like. Yeah. You're, you're, it's just. Even equating those things. uh, And I mean, for some folks, building a bed and breakfast is what they want to do. And if you want to do that, that is. I mean, I like a good bed and breakfast. I love staying with people who sure. are committed to hospitality and you know when you're, you're, you know. And for a lot of those folks, that's a great business. By the way, did Jason talk, does he know anybody building <laughs> a bed and breakfast? Because I'm just trying to think now. <laughs> like these people that I know that run bed and breakfasts, I don't think they spend 100 hours a week. Yeah. I. <laughs> I don't know. There's a there's a chef in Chicago that I ended up reading a her book, and she she's like a very well respected, highly you know rated chef, and she and her partner um are building a, I guess what is essentially a bed and breakfast up in northern Michigan, mm-hmm. but it's like it's like a you know, a group, a little group of cabins and they cook meals and everyone eats together and all this stuff. But I don't, I don't know. I kind of doubt they spend a hundred hours a week. I mean, they're. Yeah. I mean, and again, <laughs> I'm not saying that some, uh, folks don't work that much. A hundred hours a week is 14 hours a day. I mean, that's a pretty long day. My brother's working up in Fort McMurray right now and he does 12 hour days but I think they work, um, what is it, four days on, three days off or something. Like, it, yeah. t- t- a 14-hour day, every single day, it's just, that that's a lot of hours. And now, again, I know some people who are working that much, but, you know, we, we can't lose ourselves here. Right. I, and even, you know, for myself, when I was at the beginning with Transistor, I mean, I was dedicating some significant hours and sometimes you can do that for a time yeah it's not it's not you know 
it's not the only way to do it. It's not a bad way to do it if you can do it in a healthy way. But people probably overestimate how much they're working. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. And what is work and what is not work? There, yeah, right. There might be 100-hour weeks here and there. Mm-hmm. But I doubt they're working 100 hours a week for a sustained period of years. Yeah. And also, I mean, again, if you want to work 100 hours a week, that's fine. I'm I'm not going to hold you back from working 100 hours a week. Uh, I think people are surprised when they hear, how, how many hours a week do you think you work now, honestly? Probably between 30, 35. I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah. I think... I, I mean, now, now is a little bit <laughs> hard to say because of everything that's going on. Like, it's yeah, a weird time. Mm-hmm. My focus is not is not been great. Yeah during all this so yeah um, and, and just by the way if you were at work right now you would be sitting at your desk working but you would be just as preoccupied yeah do you know what i mean like our definition of work the definition of work if you're in an office is your boss looks at you and you're looking at uh excel right and as long as you're staring at excel you're working or as long, in your case, as long as you're staring at a code editor, they could go by and go. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think the yeah the measure of work is: are you at your desk or in a meeting? Then you're working. Mm-hmm. That's right. But I don't think that's true. Exactly, <laughs> and and so uh, and for me, I think yeah, I think most weeks it's twenty five to forty hours. Like there's there are days where I I message you in Slack and I go I'm going to go snowboarding, and that's three hours out of my day. And the, the, the thing we need to re to remind ourselves on is that these habits actually happen early. So sure. From the zero to 10 K a month stage, you might be working a lot because you're probably also working a day job, but from 10 K on, depending on where you live and your life circumstance and all that, but from 10 K on, you can start to implement some good habits when it comes to work. Uh, the folks at Honey Badger that they have for themselves and their employees, I believe, they have written into their, I was going to say their constitution. They have written into their policies 30-hour work weeks. That's, that's what they expect. Hey, do you want to start your own podcast? Head over to Transistor and use my coupon, transistor.fm slash Justin. You'll get 15% off your first year of podcast hosting. If you can put in 30 hours a week, that's good enough for them. And normalizing that in our culture, which, (laughs) I I mean, who who told us that 40 hours was the, the thing? And who told us that 100 hours is the thing if you're building a business? <laughs> who makes up these rules? Right. They're just, yeah, they're just made up numbers at the end of the day. I can tell you, I've had previous businesses. When I was running my snowboard shop, we were working really long hours. <laughs> the results aren't always, uh, you know, uh, hours in does not always equal great output out. Yeah, I, some, I sometimes think about before I left my job and was working on this on the side, so there's there's definitely days where I think 
how did we get to this point? Like how, how did we manage to do that much work mm-hmm. and build this thing? I was more focused or I'm not sure. There was just more, there was, there was more to do. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it was more obvious what we needed to do. Mm-hmm. And then there's certain days where I think currently, like I'm not doing enough or I'm kind of flailing. Mm. Uh, so that's at most of the stress there is like, oh, I, there's so much to do that we want to do mm-hmm. and it's hard to focus and I'm not getting enough done, which just leads me to not getting enough done. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's, yeah, it's weird. I, it, in, in some way, like the, the lack, I don't want to say structure, but like the, just the sheer amount of time we have available to work on this thing leads to less being mm. done. <laughs> I think, or it can, right? So if you have all day, yeah, your focus can wander because you think you have unlimited time. Yes, I. The, but we're also struggling with some strong cultural narratives there. Like uh, the more we build, the better it is. You know, I mean, I mean, cl- clearly we right. need to get things done. Clearly, we need to keep iterating. Clearly, we need to keep making things better for our customers. You know, I think sometimes people might hear us and go, oh, these guys are too relaxed. You know, they, they don't care enough. Listen, we care. Like I'm, before I go to bed, I'm answering customer support tickets. You know, we're, we, we care. When, when, when Transistor went down the other day for 30 minutes or whatever it was, you cared, right? Yeah. Uh, we right. do care. We care about this thing. And we definitely care about our customers. We don't want to let them down. We want to make this better. We want to have m- more customers. We want to serve more people. But this business from the beginning has been designed with intention. We had intention, which was we want our lives to be better. And some of what we've struggled with in the last six months, let's say, is now struggling against some of these cultural narratives, which is like, well, are we really doing the right thing if we're not working 40, 50 hours a week? Are we really doing the right thing if we're not hiring, you know, if we don't have 100 employees? Are we really doing the right thing if, uh, you know, sometimes we want to focus on what's happening in society right now and and wrestle uh with you know wrestle with what's going on in the world whether that be the environment which we've talked about whether that be racial equality whether that be really sitting in this moment that we're having right now with you know black lives matter and these protests you know this for me at least is part of it is i i don't want to be completely defined by what i type into my keyboard every day <laughs> you know what i don't want to be completely defined by the number of mouse clicks and mouse movements i do every day those Right. Those that that kind of output or the number of bits I produce every day. I, I'm keeping track of that, by the way. <laughs> uh, oh 
man. Let's take a quick break. I want to give a shout out. This is the bootstrapper shout out of the week to Less Accounting. Haven't heard that name in a while. Lessaccounting.com. This is cloud-based accounting software and services for non-accountants. This used to be owned by my buddy, Alan Branch. And now it looks like Paul Kogan owns it. It's great. It's specifically designed for small businesses with one to 25 employees and contractors. That's most of us listening. Uh, Go check it out, lessaccounting.com. Yeah, so uh, I guess the moral of that whole story is, you know, to my friend that called me and to other folks, um, if your SaaS is growing regularly every month, and, you know, some are up and down, but if you have regular growth every month, January 2019, 6,000, and then by the end of the year, um, we were at 46,000. Yeah. And that is just, and if you look at the line, it's not a hockey stick. It's just slow, slow growth, but it's compounding growth. And, right, exactly, yeah. Yeah, we never had some massive spike. It was just like constant growth. Yeah, yeah, it's just like month over month, just, and, um, you know, one customer adding themselves at a, at a time, and we... I'm glad we. I'm glad it happened that way, as opposed to a huge spike in customers. Because I honestly, I don't think we would have been able to weather mm-hmm. that <laughs> that influx of people and stress. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. Everybody wants it to happen fast at the beginning, but really, what you do want is just uh, manageable growth, where it's growing at a good pace every month, because those compounding effects will continue to occur, and. It, Again, once you hit certain milestones, you'll notice a a big difference. Uh, in the same way, I, I used to say, like in a parent's life, when you change that last diaper, it is such a huge weight off your shoulders. Like I can remember, like taking out that last bag of diapers to the you know to the bin or whatever, <laughs> and it was just like, ah, oh, we don't have to do that anymore. This you know th- this kid can now do that for themselves. Uh, you're going to feel that same kind of relief as you hit some of these benchmarks. And um, and it will open up margin in your life. That's our hope anyway, that other folks who could experience that. Uh, I have a, a blog post um, where I say, good businesses have margin. Profit margin, yes, but also margin for your time, your emotional and physical health, your relationships, your sanity, and your integrity. You're a human, and humans need breathing room. And, you know, as hard as this year has been for you, um, and, you know, I mean, I, yeah, as for you, I think that the, the nice thing about running this business, I, I don't want to speak for you, but you, you, you've got, you, you've had space to be a human being I think. Right. Do you feel that way? <laughs> I, I do. I do. Yeah. I, I do, but also some, I think I can dive into work as a way of avoiding that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and that's probably something that, you know, I can work on and maybe everyone can work on. Mm-hmm. But yeah. It's hard. It's hard to walk away because it's, uh, it's something achievable. Mm-hmm. Right, and you've 
kind of know what needs to be done to achieve something in the business. So yeah. It's, yes. But yeah. But yeah. Yes, I have. I have the time and flexibility to step away if I if I need to and want yeah. to. Yeah. And 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 just think about how your life would be different if you had to drive five hours north to Fort McMurray and uh, live in a work camp and get every day, get up every day at 5 a.m. and then work a 12-hour day in the oil sands. Yeah. And then... <laughs> so Sandy Hudson on her podcast, Sandra Nora, said uh, that all of the energy and time people can dedicate to these protests right now, all of that's possible because they were home because of COVID-19. People were home and had time and energy to wrestle with the moment and then to go out and do something about it. But most of the time, we are completely, all of our energy and focus is taken up by our jobs. And I think that there is something significant about that of, you know, like for most people listening who are still working full time, they get up in the morning, they, and everything is about work. They get in their car, they drive to work, they're there all day, they fight traffic on the way home, they're exhausted, they walk in the door and they do everything they can to just focus on dinner and then, you know, try to love their kids and try to love their spouse and then fall asleep. Like that is a, a yeah. an all-consuming day. And um, it's interesting to see this case study unfolding right now where masses of people are able to engage and, you know, really really engage with the process, whether, whether you agree with the politics or not. And these aren't politics, by the way. Uh, <laughs> we yeah, we, we right. did get one angry email from our last episode. This has nothing to do with political ideology. We're, we have a society that is wrestling with human rights issues that have been in motion for hundreds of years. And uh, it's one thing to be unwilling to wrestle with those issues to, especially as a white person to say, well, I'm just not going to think about the hundreds, hundreds of years of what white colonization, like I'm just going to ignore that part of history. That's one thing. It's another thing to just not have the time or energy. And right, right now we're seeing folks with the time and energy. I think one of the, the best effects of people creating businesses with margin is then you have the time to wrestle with these things, both societal things and also personal issues. <laughs> and you still have to do the work. You still have to decide to do it. But I can tell you for myself personally, having some margin to wrestle with my own personal issues having some time and energy and space and uh, enough money in the bank, that is, um, that's been huge for me. I would way rather have this than to be preoccupied 
with working all day and coming home and, and just not having any energy or time to even think about, you know, whether it's world issues, community issues, or personal issues. And, um, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, that makes, that makes a big difference. I hadn't really thought about it like that as far as what, what's different this time around for all of these, you know, the protests and everyone's kind of grappling with what's going on. And yeah, it's not all of it, but certainly part of it is probably that they have more time to really think about it. Do, do you want to just briefly describe how, what, why we had a little bit of downtime and, and how we resolved it? Oh yeah. Um, yeah, we had some downtime around Memorial Day in the U.S. Um, happened two mornings in a row at around the same time. And it was a little baffling at first. Our servers were sort of just overwhelmed. Um, processors were spiking to 100%, which just, you know, blocked any web requests for a while or a lot of web requests. Um Turns out what happened was we have a client uh, who is the uh, the Department of Veterans Affairs in mm-hmm. the U.S. They have a podcast with us. They had our embeddable player on their website on the sidebar, which appears on every page. <laughs> and this is during Memorial Day, which deals, you know, what they deal with veterans all the time. And they sent out a newsletter to, um, I think it was 4 million members. <laughs> I had I had no idea that they were that they they had that big of an audience. Yeah, and so you know, not everyone is vis- is clicking links every day. Which I think what happened is that the newsletter was sent out Monday. Some people read it on Monday. Some people read it on mm-hmm. Tuesday. Um, but the issue was is that our embeddable players, which are basically just a bunch of HTML, um, were they're cached in our system, but not cached well enough. So basically any request to an embeddable player was hitting our servers to check a few things. Um, and it just sort of piled up. So the fix there was to offload all that to an external CDN. So now all those embeds are running on their own subdomain, their own CDN, mm-hmm. uh, completely independent from our main web app. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then dealing with that is just, you know, dealing with, when you need to expire those things, if someone updates an episode or some details about the show, you have to expire um, the actual embed so they get refreshed and recached in the, on the CDN. So, yeah, that was like, it ended up being about a week of work and frustration, but just to get it working like as well as it should, it wasn't, it was not really a matter of just like pointing a CDN to a subdomain. Um, yeah. It's a little bit, a little bit more than doing some research on some other CDNs that allow for, you know, a little bit better uh, expiration of of items that are cached. Yeah, it. So yeah, that was that fun. was fun, you know. And it, it's it's a thing <laughs> like as as your little baby Rails app grows up, it it you know at the beginning it's like well we'll just have everything on you know a AWS server somewhere, and then it's like oh wait now we need a CDN okay yeah but now we need a media CDN okay now we need uh, something to run this thing, and. It, yeah. Eventually, you know that you 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 have to, yeah, you you have to evolve beyond this this nice little little baby app that you made, yeah, way long ago. Yeah. And now that it's done, it's kind of cool. It's like we've got 
you know, we've got all. Uh, so, so, so we shouldn't have a problem with that anymore. Now something else will probably pop up. But. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's, I mean, I, I kind of like this idea that there's all these like concurrent things happening and services running at the same time. You know, I, I love that mm-hmm. idea that even, even the idea that our marketing site is separate from our app. And so if right. the marketing site goes down while well, the app's still up, you know, and, and, uh, I don't know why I like that so much, but it just feels fun. There's all these little things running at the same time, all these machines yeah. running at the same time. Yeah, there's there's definitely other areas we can improve, but that'll be a little bit more difficult. Yeah. So if if the main Rails app goes down, certain things should still work, right? Like RSS feeds will currently work because they're also on their external CDN, mm-hmm. but uh, other things will not. So it's yeah, it's hard. It's I mean, it's hard to ensure that you have 100% uptime, it's really not possible because anything can happen. Yeah. I used to have this vision of programmers as like these like super like, you know, dignified, uh, almost professorial people, you know, uh, determining algorithms, you know. But it turns out you're just like people walking around the boiler room with some duct tape. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> You're just like walking around and it's like, oh, this pipe's leaking. Well, let's see if we can connect it to this one over here and uh, tape that up. And there we go. Yeah, that's pretty much pretty much what it is. Oh, this one is a lead pipe. Got to get rid of that one. Can't drink out of that. <laughs> and how much of the internet is just built this way? I think it's the it's entire like, internet. You're... I mean, I think everyone has these ideas that like the apps they depend on and like these big services like, I don't know, let's say Facebook or Google or whatever, they're all built the same way. It's just a patchwork of pipes and duct tape. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Love it. Love it. Well, that was good. We we recorded about 42 minutes and we didn't know if we were even going to have uh, 15 or 20. So good to hear from everybody. Thanks for listening. And uh, John, why don't you say thanks to our Patreons? Thanks. Yeah. Thanks as always to everyone uh, for supporting us on Patreon. We have Colt Borg, Mark Binder, Anton Zorin, Bill Kondo, Sophia Quintero, Diogo, Chris Willow, Mason Hensley, Borja Soler, Ward Sandler, Travis Fisher, Matt Buckley, Russell Brown, Evandro Sassi, Pradyumna Schimbecker, Noah Prail, Robert Simplicio, Colin Gray, Josh Smith, Ivan Kirkovic, Brian Ray, Shane Smith, Austin Loveless, Michael Sitver, Paul Jarvis and Jack Ellis, my brother Dan Buddha, Darby Frey, Samori Augusto, Dave Young, Brad from Canada, Sammy Schuchert, Mike Walker, Adam Devander, Dave Junta. Junta! And Kyle Fox from GetRewardful.com. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. 
If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.